man-to-man coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. It's Friday, July 27th, PFT PM Podcast, coming to you from a hotel room somewhere in Minnesota. We will not disclose the location because we have to sleep here for the next two nights, and I don't want anybody jacking us in the head with a sock full of pennies, although I have my protection with me, my son, who will, well, I don't know, we've had this conversation before. I don't think you're ready to have my back. If somebody assaults me here physically, if somebody says I can't believe... If someone wants to know where we are, just give me some money. Okay, thanks. So you'll sell me out like that. I don't think anyone's that concerned about where you're staying right now. Well, I I don't disagree with that, but I worry about everything. And if you can be bought that easily, for all I know, you're secretly recording our conversations. Do you secretly record our conversations? No, I do not. All right. So we travel. You think? I, you think? You think I? They can hear me on here. Yeah, they can hear you. It's good level. You see the level. Just talk a little more loud. Your levels are way higher than mine. That's because I'm a professional. You're still an amateur. We are doing this on the iPhone because I have this great gadget for recording podcasts on the road and doing interviews because we're going to try to talk to some Vikings players and coaches tomorrow when we go to training camp. But there's one important thing that you have to remember to do. You have to pack it up and bring it with you, which I forgot. I'm sure it would work very well if I had it here. So instead, it's iPhone City, a fairly low-tech way using a high-tech device to do a podcast. But we've done this before, at least I have. We're going to do it now. you got to work on your levels. I'd say this is a high-tech te- high way to do podcasts. Well, but no, the high-tech way is with the actual podcast machine. No, no, that's, that's too much. This is, it's amazing. I guess technically, it is, okay, whatever. Okay. It's more impressive doing it this way, I Here's think. what's amazing. Because it, it kind of sucks. The phone itself, as we carry it around in our pockets, think about all the industries that it's wiped out. Like, you can record something without any type of recording device. You can take photographs so you don't need a camera. I mean, billions of dollars of American industry are gone now forever, replaced by Apple making these devices that do 20 different things in one. So anyway, enough of that bullshit. We are here to talk a little football, and then we're going to go get a big dinner somewhere. We just have to figure out where. We are going to Mancini's in St. Paul one of the next two nights. We just have to figure what night we're going to go. And Julio Jones has to figure out whether or not he was going to hold out. Now he says he wasn't going to hold out all along. So it was some big bluff for the Falcons. And here's why it's stupid for him to say that. Because next year he's going to want more money. And next year the Falcons can call his bluff if he really was bluffing. So, look, the, he, I know he doesn't want the fans to be upset with him. And he never actually held out, so why would the fans be upset? So I don't know why he's saying this. Just don't say anything about it. Say, it's over now. It's done. We have it resolved. I'm happy and I'm here. There's no reason to talk about holding out. But I don't believe it when he says he wasn't going to hold out. And if it was a bluff, it makes no sense for him to come out and say so. That's all I have to say about that. Jason Verrett, the Chargers cornerback, tears an Achilles tendon during the conditioning test. And Alex, this topic's never come up when we've done these Fridays. The Chargers have so many injuries. And there's a certain point where it's not just bad luck. There's a certain point where you have a fundamental flaw in your strength, conditioning, and training regimens. Because I see it every Sunday when you're watching all the NFL games. Rodney Harrison has an instinct for spotting when someone has a potentially serious knee injury. And he'll hit me and he'll say, look at this. And we'll look at the replay. And nine out of ten times, the guy gets up and walks away and he's fine. 
That tells me that some teams have figured out how to properly get these guys in a point where they take a big hit and they can continue to play. And for whatever reason, the Chargers have these clusters of injuries every year. And at some point, they have to ask themselves, are we doing something wrong by way of getting our guys right to play in games, to practice. It's a conditioning test. He was running and he blew out his Achilles. And I know that can happen to anybody at any time, but not a guy who's in the prime of his athletic career. That shouldn't happen. So I, I, I just think the Chargers really need to spend the time and money necessary to ask tough questions and maybe hold some people accountable. That's all I have to say about that. The anthem issue, there's still nothing to really say other than the NFL and the NFLPA got together today. They issued a joint statement. They had a constructive meeting, blah, blah, blah. Until it's done, there's nothing to really discuss. And until they come to a conclusion that results in all players standing for the anthem, not being in the locker room, not protesting, it's going to continue to be an issue. And even if there was an agreement that players would stand for the anthem, I still think it's going to be an issue because there's going to be players who don't like it. And they're going to speak out about it or they're going to speak anonymously to reporters about it. This thing is never going away. And for now, we wait for the NFL and the NFLPA to come up with a resolution. And here's the bottom line. The NFLPA has all the leverage here because the NFL gave the players the right to protest and the NFL tried to take it away partially. The NFLPA filed a grievance that I think would be successful because the NFL changed the policy without negotiating with the union. Now they negotiate with the union and the NFL, I think, would love to have the Jerry Jones version of an anthem policy, which is everyone stands for the anthem, I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to take a lot by way of what the league gives up to make it happen. All right. We should probably answer some questions. I got a few other things I'll talk about, but let's answer some questions. How do you like Minnesota? I mean, we, I haven't been here enough times, I guess. We've been here three I guess, times. I guess we've been here a bunch within the last couple of years. We I, came- always, I usually always have fun, I feel like. We came when they opened the stadium, and we did PFT Live there a couple of days. You were there with me for that. We interviewed Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin. We met Adam Thielen before anybody knew who Adam Thielen was. I didn't even realize who he was. He just looked like a regular guy. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL now. We hung out with Rick Spielman. We spent some time with the owner, Mark Wilf. And it was 100 degrees when we were here two Julys ago, and then we're here, and it's the other end of the spectrum for the Super Bowl. I'm not complaining about the weather. I'm not one of those members of the media that feels entitled to have 75 and sunny everywhere he or she goes, but I will say this, it's 75 and sunny. Right now, it's perfect. I mean, it is perfect. It's a beautiful day. The weather is great. It's a little cold in this hotel room. We're going to have to do something about that, but again, I'm not complaining, but Minnesota is great. I love it here. I love visiting and we don't get here often enough. This is number three for me as well. We're going to go to the new training facility on Saturday, check out practice, and uh, head home uh, on Sunday. All right, question time. And uh, this is a question from Sergio D. It's based on current events. Please make no political commentary, son. This is only a legal question. Have you ever recorded a conversation with a client? You understand what this is about, don't you? I don't know if you've been paying attention to current events. I didn't pay much attention when I was 21. Uh, I've, I've been paying attention a little bit. All right, so there's a certain lawyer who had recorded a certain client who has moved on to a certain office, and there were certain complications arising from the certain contents of that certain recording. I'll say this. I never recorded a client. Never. Why would you do that? 
what's wrong with you as a lawyer and as a human being if you feel compelled to secretly record the things your clients say? And if you are representing clients that you don't trust, because that's the only conclusion I can come to, that there's some trust issue between lawyer and client and client wanted to have, no, lawyer wanted to have a record of what client said in case lawyer needed it in the future. I just don't represent that client, period. I mean, this is better call Saul stuff. I could see Saul Goodman doing something like that. Saul Goodman and or Jimmy McGill. You don't do it. It's slimy. It's greasy. It's cheesy. It's not illegal, but except in some states where you're both parties to a conversation are required to consent before it's recorded. It's legal in New York. It's legal as a matter of federal law, but it is slimy. And look, on the other side of the coin, if you have a lawyer who represents you for years and you've dealt with this person and interacted with this person, and if you have good instincts about reading people and, and getting a feel for how people really are, and you don't figure out over whatever course of time it was the lawyer was representing the client, I got a concern about the client too, folks, and that's not a political comment. All I'm saying is if Michael Cohen is sleazy enough that he is going to secretly record his clients, I'd like to think that his more astute and successful clients would at some point spot that something isn't right with this guy because that's usually Wrap how it, it up. works. What? People wanted to know. Well, what? Are you, am I straying too far into the political realm? Yes. Oh. Or are you bored? Am I boring you? That's, it, it's definitely both. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. Here, this is for you. This comes from the PFTP on Posse. What are some of Florio Jr.'s favorite leisure activities during the summer, fall, winter, spring, whenever? So what do you like to do? Well, I guess right now for this summer, it's, it's been a pretty uneventful summer. Like, it's, it's been really boring. You hang out with your friends all the time. Yeah, though. but I haven't really, like, gone anywhere. It's just, I don't know. You're in Minnesota! Yeah, and this is, like, the first time I've really gone somewhere. That, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just different being in college and being on summer break versus, like, high school or middle school or something. But you've been working with me. We've been doing the podcast. You hang out with your friends all the time. You guys go swimming in the pool. You hang out down at the barn. You're 21, so you can drink a little beer from time to time. You're very responsible with that. You don't go out driving, which is good. You know what the consequences would be both at home and, you know, externally. So I think you've you got a nice place to hang out. You play a, a Call of Fortnite or what? what's the game called? Fort Duty. Yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah, it's, I, hey, I'd, I'd, uh, I don't want to necessarily, you know, trade places or anything because I'm kind of happy where I am right now. But I, I think, you, you know, you, you, do, you do some stuff, you know? I guess, I, I guess sometimes. Yeah. I, I like your friends. I like most of your friends. I won't say which ones I don't like. I like, yeah. I like the ones except the ones I won't say I don't like. All right. Fall, winter, spring. I don't know. It's, it's kind of different then. I guess fall, you know, the only thing really is just to watch football in the fall. That's you, football time. And you watch football in the barn. And that's one, one thing. I, and I love what I do. And I love being at NBC every Sunday. But I wish we could watch football games together more on Sundays. Because we had a couple Sundays last year we were able to do that. And that was a lot of fun. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one. What is Aflo planning on getting his degree in? We know he wants to assume the throne. Is he majoring in journalism? Yeah, I, I'm doing I'm doing journalism, um, but I mean, actually, I mean, I did do journalism. Um, I'm changing to 
sports and venture media. That's it's a new major that WVU has. Journalism based, right? It's but, yeah, it's still in the College of Media. Yeah. Um, but journalism really wasn't. I was never really a big fan of it. Uh, well, I it's just, good you're getting into this business. Yeah, but no, I'm saying like I never really liked the journalism like, at, like for school, right. but. I think this one will be better for me. Well, and the goal is, you know, there's certain skills that you're going to learn that will help you with what I do, and there are certain things you can only learn by doing it. And I'm someone who has no training whatsoever in journalism or anything really necessary to what I do. Broadcasting, journalism, none of it. I've, I've uh, taught myself all of it, and it shows. All right, uh, next question. If Ben McAdoo is hoping to get back into coaching at the NFL level, isn't he really hurting himself by criticizing his former players' team while he makes the media rounds? Yes, yes. And I, I don't think that, that – I just don't think he's going to coach again. Who's going to hire him to be a coach again? He will have to go be an offensive coordinator somewhere, take a team to a Super Bowl with a coach who's primarily defensive, and that's the only way he's ever going to get another chance. PFTP on Posse, what are your favorite, least favorite Sunday AM pregame shows – why, why not? Most informative, most entertaining. Look, here's the thing. The world has changed. And any of you that listened to my interview with Brett Musburger, I was gushing in part because in the 70s, it was the NFL Today on CBS. That was the show of record. That's what got you ready because there was nowhere else to get ready other than whatever happened to show up in your local newspaper. Now it's everywhere. You can get ready for Sunday by reading profootballtalk.com every day. You can listen to podcasts. You can watch videos on YouTube. You can watch videos at PFT. You can watch NFL Network anytime you want. You don't need to watch the Sunday morning pregame show. Sunday evening pregame show different animal altogether because it's a look back on the day that was and i'm not just saying that because i work on that show also the post game right but the but the pre-game show it's yeah you can't you can't forget your post game too yeah but you know what i think we've revised that a little bit i'm on on halftime more than post game but either way not that not that not that you yeah just just anything you're just keep your tv on nbc all the time and or nbc sports network but i think nowadays Like, I don't watch ESPN Sunday NFL Countdown at all. To me, it feels like a car that is made out of, like, parts from 25 different cars. There's no flow to it. There's no logic to it. There's too many people. I don't really gain anything from it. I gain everything I need to know from Twitter as it relates to information. I I tend to put the NFL Network show on in the uh, in the mornings while I'm working at the hotel in Connecticut but I don't I only pay attention to it if it's something that is hard news that we can then take and write about it at PFT mainly it's just background noise I mean those Sunday morning pregame shows I know the networks continue to do them because they feel like they have to I do not know what they add and if I was producing one of those shows I would tear up the script I would start over again I think it would basically be a whip around constantly of things happening at the stadiums to get you ready for the games and maybe an interview or two but so much of what happens now that philosophy and formula now for the Sunday morning pregame shows it's outdated all right burn unit why don't researchers study the brains of ex-boxers or MMA fighters for CTE or other sports seems like it's only focused on football look this is a broader point football has become the focal point of traumatic brain injury in sports, the same way baseball became the focal point of the steroids criticism and consternation. And that's just the way it is. And I think that we're still very early 
as it relates to the science of CTE, how you get it, what it means to have it, what will happen to you if you have it. And I think the biggest concern I have for former NFL players is that they're walking around feeling like they have a ticking time bomb in their heads and they don't understand what's going to happen and when it's going to go off. And I think so much more needs to be learned medically about it, what it means to have CTE and what happens to the brain, not just from concussions, but what they call the subconcussive hits. So I, I just think that it has become popular for people in the media who either don't like football and or want to attach their name to a story that they feel is a big story to target the NFL when it comes to head trauma. It's just the way it is, just like baseball was targeted for steroids. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, let's see. NFL Talk 5, if the Steelers' big three can't stay healthy, who has the best chance in the AFC North? Okay, the big three, obviously, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger. Alex, I, I still think this, if you take one of those three guys out of the mix, I still think the Steelers are the best team in the AFC North. Yeah, I, I agree. I, don't, I really don't know. Like, I don't think anybody else could do it. I mean, the Browns, okay, maybe they'll win five or six games this year, which you know, for any other team in the division would be a major disappointment. The Bengals, you had Marvin Lewis this week say he thinks they have Super Bowl ability. Okay, that's fine. You probably shouldn't say that, but they, they could – put a decent team together. The Ravens, if Lamar Jackson plays well, could be exciting. But you take Roethlisberger, Bell, or Brown out of the mix, you're still going to have a very good Steelers team. So I think the Steelers are the class of that division. And I think the gap currently is getting bigger. Yeah, there's just, there's just nobody. Yeah, the, the gap is – the gap's just way too big, I think, right now. The C.J. Newman asks me if I listened to the podcast where he interviewed at The Real Forno. If so, thoughts. If not, go listen. I'll, I'll, uh, nah. I, I, we just don't have time. I'm not trying to be rude. I, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm playing around. Okay, I'll, I'll listen to what the C.J. Newman had to say to the real Forno. Uh, at On Tour Forever, are you making A-Flow do any specific chores while he's home for the summer? Hashtag hard labor. What chores do you do? Um, None. I do chores. Like what? Whenever people come over, you do you help you help uh, set up outside. I'll agree with you there. You clean up and you're like set up uh, like if furniture needs to be rearranged out on the patio, and and we all pitch in with the dog. Yeah, we all we all take care of the dog. I don't know what I expected from the dog. I mean, the dog just changes everything, and I love the dog, but like you have to consciously be aware of the dog. Like the dog has to eat, the dog has to pee, the dog has to crap. The dog is like a. Uh, an integral part of our day-to-day existence and I actually miss the dog now that we're gone do you miss the dog I miss the dog I wish the dog was here we put a photo of the dog with the new copy of the Madden game on Twitter that showed up today I I I texted uh Mrs. PFT and said put that thing in the dog's mouth and Mm. take her picture and it's very close to the pool it's precariously close to the pool I don't know what happened after the picture was taken there's a chance that box is at the bottom of the pool and then I'll have to get another copy of Madden 19. All right, uh, on tour forever. What do you think the chances are that the NFL and the NFLPA come to an agreement that the anthem is played before the players come back on the field after warmups? Hashtag forced patriotism. That's how they do it in college. I I just don't think that that's going to be an acceptable solution because anything other than players standing on the sideline at attention is going to make this an ongoing political issue. And they need to find a conclusion to this that depoliticizes it. And I don't think they can. Another question, do you think any player, this is on tour forever also, do you think any player would threaten the nuclear option of not playing a playoff game without a new contract? Seems like it could foster a lot of ill will, even if it makes sense for the player. And Rob G is talking here about 
a theory that I've been discussing as it relates to Le'Veon Bell. Because once he gets through the season on his franchise tag and you get to the playoffs, players make a lot less money. Like Le'Veon Bell is going to make $850,000 a week in the regular season. Playoff pay is peanuts in comparison. And what he could do, because the window opens at the end of the regular season for a new contract for Le'Veon Bell, a long-term deal, the Steelers could sign him. He could say, I'm not playing in the playoffs unless you give me a contract. That would engender a lot of ill will with the team, with the fans, but that would be the ultimate boss move by Le'Veon Bell. And hey, if the team hates him, so what? He's going to be a free agent in two months anyway. All right, what else do we have? Sergio D, does Papa John have a history of racial insults or is he being thrown under the bus because he took on the NFL and associated himself with Jerry Jones? Now, I, no, I look, Papa John used a horrible racial slur on a conference call and he resigned his position as chairman of the board of the company and now he's trying to get it back. And I think he got himself in trouble in the first place by clumsily blaming the NFL for earnings issues with Papa John's, but he only has himself to blame. And it amazes me that this guy amassed the millions that he did because he seems to have no self-awareness whatsoever. He seems like Michael Scott to me, right? And the pizza isn't all that good, all due respect to Papa John's. How did this guy- Is any pizza like that really that good though? Pizza Hut is. I guess Pizza Hut's Pizza good. Hut's that good. Don't you diss the future sponsor of the PFTPM podcast. You know, the, the, they, the, the PFTPM posse has come up with a name for my preferred recipe of grilled chicken and pepperoni. They call it the Mark Sanchez. I don't know why. I think it was because Mark Sanchez was just a random name I threw out one day to see if people were actually listening to the podcast and they spit it all back to me, Mark Sanchez. So somebody suggested to call it the chicken and pepperoni version of the Pizza Hut pizza the Mark Sanchez. So... Pizza Hut, yes. Domino's, eh, eh, you know, like I wouldn't turn down their money if they wanted to sponsor the PFTPM podcast. Papa John's, thank you, no, not that they're going to be calling anytime soon. Mr. Nelly B, it's obviously, let me try that again. It obviously seems strange that the Rams are handing out all these big contracts, but Aaron Donald hasn't been paid yet. Donald must be asking for an arm and a leg. Have you heard any rumors about the type of contract slash terms he and his representation are seeking? I think that Donald wants market value, $20 million a year, and I think he wants three years of it guaranteed the way that Ndamukong Sue was paid by the Miami Dolphins a few years ago. And I think that the Rams are offering considerably less because they're looking at what Donald is making this year, $6.8 million, what he'd make under the franchise tag next year, about 15, what he'd make under the franchise tag the year after that, about 18. You add it up, it's just under $40 million. So just under $40 million over three years under the Rams' current formula. Donald is looking for $40 million over two years. So the numbers get out of whack very quickly. And I think that's where this is coming from. Donald wants value as if he is on the open market. And the Rams don't want to pay him as if the, the, he's on the open market. And part of the concern, I think, is injury. Guys can break down when they play the defensive tackle position and they get four or five years in. J.J. Watt, after five years, started to break down. Donald, this is year five. And I think the Rams are concerned that they're going to guarantee this guy $60 million, and Donald's going to potentially suffer a serious injury in week three and then they're not going to get the value that they're putting up for the, uh, for the contract. At Gong Show West, I don't know if you saw this one in advance. Question for A-Flow. Best advice your father ever gave you and then the worst advice I ever gave you. I've never given you bad yeah, advice. I, 
I feel like I feel like it'd be easier to try to think of some kind of bad advice that you gave me because I mean I feel like you try to give me advice pretty often. So all uh, the advice I give you is good. Mo- yeah, I get. I I guess most of it's pretty good. All right, what's the I most- mean, you've never really given me anything that I've done, and then it just not be the right thing at all. Okay, so so there's no bad. All the advice is good. Nothing I can think of. You can't pick out the best advice because I give you advice all the time, and I've never given you any bad advice. I'll take that. Yeah, it, that or maybe I just can't think of anything right now. Well, that's possible as well. The one thing I've tried to do. Because my style is to lead by example and to create an example. And one thing I've tried to do over the last 21 years, well, really 18, because when you were two and three years old, you really weren't paying attention. I've tried to show you... I don't think I started paying attention until a couple years ago. Okay. Well, even when you were like eight, nine, ten years old, I hope that you picked up by osmosis how hard I work. Because I know my dad worked hard and I picked that up from him. And you realize the connection between the work you put in and what you get out. And your mom and I have that conversation from time to time. I'm not going to drag you around with me and say, look at everything I do. I'm just going to work hard and hopefully you notice. Have you noticed? I'd say I've noticed. Okay. At, At least at some point in the last three years. I think I noticed a little before that. All right. And more recently, you've been paying more attention to what I actually do because you realize at some point you may be doing it, so you should start figuring it out. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I feel like I'm cross-examining you. Mm -hmm. At PFT Toupee, you forgot to watch me. Real funny, asshole. Mm -hmm. At Burn Unit. I wish that was my account. I know you work, as far as I know it is. No. I know you work out and used to be a runner. What water sports do do you enjoy doing or watching? I'd have to say none. Water polo. No, I don't even like that. I... Mm, you're a big I, fan of that. I haven't been in the pool all year. I was in the pool twice last year, once then, voluntarily. Then get in the pool. I got thrown in the pool by your cousin Edward last year with jeans on. And let me tell you, if you get thrown into a pool with jeans on, or, or even worse, as you're in the process of taking off your jeans, because I had boxers and like big boxer briefs on under, and I was going to jump in, and I was trying to take my jeans off, and he threw me in. So the jeans automatically become this 50-pound weight that is pulling you. I thought it was like a mob hit, and it was, and I was in cement shoes. I, I was nervous. I had to shed those jeans fast because they pulled me right down to the bottom of the pool. So, and you weren't there to defend. Uh, me. No, sorry. No. All right. Uh, at the CJ Newman, how come Steph didn't post the podcast for PFT Live the other day until the day after? Here is his excuse. He says that he posted it on Wednesday, and it air quotes magically disappeared. And I think that's bullshit. I don't think he ever posted it in the first place. But he claims he posted it, it magically disappeared, so he reposted it on Thursday. So that's his official version. You you were going to type something up and you couldn't find it. Right. Yeah, it's his fault. Yeah. All right, Sergio D, I answered his question. About, one, yeah. yeah, yeah, we already did that one. Um, at the C.J. Newman, should Lamar Jackson want to line up at receiver for Wildcat plays? No, for Wildcat plays, he's the quarterback. Now, I, I think he could run line up at receiver or running back for other plays. I think Lamar Jackson just wants to get on the field. Now, remember all that thing, well, I'm not going to try out as a receiver. I, I think he'll do whatever the coaching staff asks him to do because it's going to get him on the field. It's going to give him a chance to show what he can do. And I think he's going to be good. And I think he'll be the starting quarterback by the time the year is over. Uh, let's ask. Uh, we got about 27 minutes in. I'm getting hungry. Let me let me do one more here. Recliner QB. Will the Jones family's comments about the NFL anthem policy cause players to choose other teams over going to the Cowboys? 
if all other things were equal. I would choose to go somewhere else uh, where my rights were respected. That gets to what Malcolm Jenkins, the Eagle safety, said today, that Jerry Jones is a bully, and I'm glad I don't play for him. And, and that's the problem. I was talking to somebody high up with one of the teams last weekend. If you allow for teams to craft their own anthem policies, you necessarily will cause players to choose to go play for other teams. And look, if the Cowboys want to be dumb, then that's their prerogative. But I don't think they realize that they may scare some people away. Now, if you're paying enough money, okay, they'll still show up. But if everything is equal, if the pay is equal, if the playing opportunity is equal, you could have guys say, I'm not going to play for Jerry Jones because he stifles the individuality of the player. He doesn't respect the player's right to protest. He doesn't respect whatever the eventual anthem policy is. So I think that's a valid concern. And maybe if some free agents start to choose other teams, that'll get the Dallas Cowboys to to do the right thing and respect whatever the final policy is. And I'm not saying what the final policy should be, but I think all teams need to respect whatever it may happen to be. All right, let's see what else we got here. When do you think they'll come out with the official policy? I'd like to think before the start of the regular season. You know, there's a fairly high-profile game on NBC on a Thursday night in September, Falcons at Eagles. And I think by then, they need to have a policy. And ideally, they'd have it by the time any games start because it's going to be an issue for the preseason. But I think by the regular season, that's when it really needs to, uh, to be done. At change in weight, which son do you love more, A-Flow or PFT commenter? You know, you can't choose between your children. Don't they ask you that all the time? Although he's not. Why would they ask me that? They're asking me that. They're asking me. You said, don't they ask you that all the time? No, they ask parents that all the time. Mm. You're taking my my comments too literally. I'm loopy. I haven't eaten in a while. My blood sugar is bottoming out. Do the Seahawks have a chance to be the nobody believes in his team in 2018? That comes from Harris Mark. Yes. Yeah. And I think they're going to be good. They still have Russell Wilson. Yeah. Who do they have on defense? That doesn't matter. They have guys they've drafted who are going to become the next generation of Richard Shermans and Cam Chancellors. They have faith that the guys who will step in. What's Earl going to do? Earl is going to, I think, eventually show up and play for the Seahawks, and he's not going to be happy because I don't think Paul Allen is going to give in. A few years ago, Paul Allen, the owner of the team, not Paul Allen, Uh, my friend. Yeah, all right. A few years ago, Cam Chancellor tried to hold out for a better contract, and Paul Allen didn't. He just doesn't care. He's not going to be affected. He's not going to freak out. He's not going to throw money at Earl Thomas, and he's not going to trade him. Because if Thomas finishes the year and becomes a free agent and walks away, the uh, the Seahawks get a compensatory draft pick in 2020. All right, let's see what else we have here. We'll probably wrap it up. How much b- bud did A-Flow bring? Are they talking about beer? No, that's that's not beer. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't bring any. I didn't want to... I mean, well, first of all, you don't have any because that's not that that that's not uh, that's not legal. Well, in if, West Virginia, if I would have brought it, then I would have had it. So yeah, I don't have any. You don't have it because you don't have any because then you can't bring it. But yeah. even then, it's not like you're going to bring it through the airport. No. All right. Um, burn unit. Here's one more. I what's, wish. What's the backstory to the liberal joke between you two? Who's really the liberal? That's the comment that came up the first time we did this, the first Friday with a flow when I talked about him eventually floating me on an iceberg, and then I said there eventually won't be any icebergs, and he said, liberal. There's no backstory to no, it. I'm, I mean, I called you a liberal because of all the shit you get from the Colin Kaepernick stuff. Yes. And it, it makes me laugh, so. I'm not a liberal, I'm a libertarian. And you voted libertarian. I'm libertarian as well. Do you know what libertarian means? Yeah. What? Leave me alone. Exactly, and that's a perfect way to end it. I'll leave you alone. Oh, look, it's 420. 
What can we do at 420? Never mind. I want a burger. All right. <laughs> we'll go get a burger. Um, thanks for joining us. This is uh, the PFTPM podcast, which you already know because uh, you've been listening to it. We'll start up again on Monday. We're going to try to continue to line up some interviews. Thanks to Matt Casey for all of his hard work this week lining up interviews like Brent Musburger, Chris Sims. We're going to continue to bring you extended discussions long conversations where people can really tell stories and we can have a good back and forth. That's kind of the new wave of the PFTPM podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. Check us out around the clock at uh, profootballtalk.com and uh, I'll be posting some photos at Instagram and Twitter of our visit to the Vikings new practice facility coming up on Saturday. Talk to you again on Monday. You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk.